Hello and welcome to the Elder Tree podcast. My name is Twiggy Dawn, founder of the Elder Tree and Alcamilla Herbals. You are listening to the Herbal Educators segment, where each new moon I will be inviting a series of guests to chat about the world of herbal education, about their passions and motivations, and their dreams for the future of herbal medicine in Australia. Come join us on this deep journey with Rosie Cooper, a grassroots herbalist, herbal facilitator and teacher from Jajawaran country in Victoria. Rosie is passionate about assisting people to foster deeper relationships with plants, letting the plants themselves guide the process. Rosie runs Wilderness Rites of Passage, Nature Quests, Plant Connection Courses, Herbal First Aid Workshops and Medicine Making Workshops. She makes and sells her beautiful seasonal medicines and works a lot with the wild medicine in her region. In this interview, you can hear about Rosie's meandering experience into herbal medicine, beginning with being in the USA and being inspired by their grassroots herbal medicine movement, then returning home to Australia and feeling isolated and lonely without having any accessible face-to-face herbal medicine teachers. Often these experiences can drive people to action, and as has been the case with Rosie. She loves to move with the plants in a slow way, facilitating embodied spaces which invoke deeper listening in a non-academic way. In this episode, we explore the importance of rites of passage for our youth coming into adulthood, about discovering what memory remains in our bones from our ancestors, combined with what is emerging in the here and now. Rosie shares her dreams for the future about coming back into herbal medicine, coming back into common sense and seeing more people growing herbs, celebrating diversity and creating more accessibility for herbal medicine. She shares her dreams as an introduced person to this land, finding a deep relationship with the introduced plants in this land, the plants of her ancestry. Sit back with a nice cup of herbal tea and I hope that you enjoy this beautiful conversation. Hi, Rosie. Welcome onto the Elder Tree podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. It feels like at long last that we get to be here together. We've been talking about this for quite some time and um, I've been watching you at a distance with admiration for quite some time and so it feels really nice to have you on here and to get to introduce you, introduce some of our listeners to you that um, might not have had the opportunity to tune in with your work. Um, yeah, I love I love your offerings with Kin Botanica and all of the beautiful things that you've been doing on a community herbalism level. So yeah, um, thanks for being an inspiration to me and yeah, wow. thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, likewise, it's yeah, it's a real um, pleasure watching everything that you're offering into the world and to the herbal community. Yeah, it's really precious. Mm, thank you. So, where where to start? I'd love to know before we get into the whole world of herbal education. I'd love to know what plant is really singing to you right now, or like if there's a particular plant that you're really um, working with or connecting with at the moment? Mm. 
I think, well, the first plant who comes, it's so funny, all the plants bustle into my head like, me, me, me. But um, <laughs> I think the first one who got in there is uh, plantain. And, mm. um, yeah, yesterday I was wandering uh, around a garden with a couple of friends looking at all the plants who were growing there and we were kind of, you know, we were all, we were a bit up and in our heads and we're like oh this plant and that plant and then I spotted a little plantain and I was like oh look it's plantain and we got down on the ground and we were chatting and I just realized you know we sat there for maybe 20 minutes or so and just felt a lot of appreciation for plantain for like that bringing us down to the earth and that groundedness and um yeah it's definitely Mm -hmm. one of my favorite plants and um I've been drawn to it more recently um, because I had a really intense sinus infection a couple of weeks ago and um, plantain was one of the herbs that I turned to for support with that. So, yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know. I always, always love plantain, <laughs> but I guess there's a few plants who are my I, – I do have favourites. And plantain's one of them, but at the moment, it's at the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, plantain is absolutely a top of my list. Don't tell Mother Wart, who is my best friend, <laughs> but but plantain in terms of functionality and daily use and just mm. um, the versatility of that plant and um, often say that I, if I could only take one plant with me to another planet it would be plantain (laughs) Mm, yeah 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 it's beautiful (laughs) that's great that it helped you with your sinus infection did you was that just um eating fresh or did you make a preparation or how did you work with it for that uh, I was just having it as a tea as an infusion um which I Mm. would infuse overnight and drink through the day I did have plans to do like a um, nasal rinse with a neti pot, but I didn't have a neti pot. Mm. And by the time I found one, the sinus infection had cleared up. Um, I I was using other herbs as well, um, but I did really feel like the plantain was quite supportive through, it was three weeks that I was really knocked out with it. Um, And yeah, I was Mm. just grateful to have that on hand. It was as a, I used dried herbs, dried plantain leaves for the teas. Mm-hmm. yeah great thanks for sharing i haven't i haven't worked with plantain for sinus infections so it's mm. great i mean you know anything membranes is such a great yeah great plant for mm. so as as you may recall i love to um you know i love to unravel i, I love to explore the world of herbal education and I really like thrive in talking with herbal educators and and hearing about their journey and sharing that with our listeners and um mm-hmm. so I would love to ask you if um if you want to share what your journey I suppose as a student has been or what your mm-hmm. um who your main teachers have been and main influences have been that have led you to this moment yeah it's always a difficult question (laughs) so big well the question is simple but the answer has so many possibilities to Mm -hmm. um follow um 
I think my journey as a student has been, uh, in a way, uh, it was quite challenging. And I think looking back, it's because I didn't really know how to articulate what I wanted, what I was looking for. And, um, and it just, it actually just clicked to me for me today that, you know, what drew me to herbalism was not so much that I was, um, really interested in helping individuals with their healing journey, but it was more that I was drawn to, um, cultural repair and that form of healing on a, yeah, on a more cultural scale. Um, mm. and yeah, so that's sort of something that I'll be pondering about for a while. But so then when I went to, um, I've discovered herbalism, the idea of it, I was like, what, you can do magic with plants and it's a real thing. This is amazing. Um, while I was traveling over in the U S and, um, I was like, great. I was, think I was 22 or 23 and I felt like I finally knew what I was going to do with my life <laughs> and I'd be able to tell people that I could get them off my back. Um, and be like, what are you going to do? And I was going to go home and study herbalism and do a herbal apprenticeship. And, um, when I got home to Australia, uh, I couldn't find any herbal apprenticeship opportunities anywhere or mm. any herbal education opportunities except for um, doing a health science degree at university, which, you know, wasn't quite what I was going for, but I started. And I think right from the outset, I just didn't I couldn't quite find my place in it um and the majority of other students there were coming from a place of either having experienced a serious health condition which um they'd you know found support with through herbalism or someone in their family had had an experience and I'd never had any serious health issues or had any personal experience with herbalism in that way. I just thought it was super cool and magic and I already worked with plants in other ways and mm -hmm. I wanted to have, I don't know, I just wanted to work with plants more and get to know them better and, you know, the magic that they offer the world. So, um, yeah, so I sort of pursued uni for a few years and tried diff a couple of different universities and slightly different courses, but ultimately realized it was crushing my soul. And so I mm. uh, dropped out, um, but still didn't really know what to do with it, um, what to do with myself or what to follow. And um yeah, so it was, I don't know, it was a bit tricky, but I think a turning point was when, oh, it was probably three years after I started studying um, and I, I don't really know what the context was, but when I think of it now, it's almost like, it feels like this moment saved my life and there were two things and one was that I discovered the um, online herbal magazine called Plant Healer which was published by 
um, Kiva Rose Harden and Jesse Harden. And it's just this amazing resource of articles from all sorts of different herbalists on all sorts of different topics. And it is abundant with like just interesting, curious, fun things and stories. Um, So that was really inspiring. And at the same time, I also um, started listening to a CD that I had, which was, which had interviews um, by John Gallagher from Herb Mentor interviewing other Mm. herbalists. Um, And I think there were about 12 interviews on the CD and I just listened to them over and over again. And it just showed me that there are actually all these different ways of being a herbalist. And it's not just like a cookie cutter thing um, as I felt like I was being shown through university, which was like, these are the herbs you learn about. And this is like the minuscule facts that you need to know about each herb and just memorize it. And, um, you know, all these other herbalists who I was listening to in these interviews were, um, they were describing things like relationship and stories of being out in the world and harvesting plants and making medicines and making mistakes um, and like long journey, like lifelong journeys with plants. And um, it was really inspiring and it gave me hope that I could find a way to do it that worked for me. But it also... Um, they were all, I think they were pretty much all American and it made me also feel really lonely and isolated that I might never have a real life teacher, um, where I live. So yeah, it was an interesting moment, but it definitely gave me hope. Um, I'm just going to take a pause. And I think actually it might have been listening to those interviews from Herb Mentor Radio that I first heard, or it might have even been in the Plant Healer magazine that I first came across Rebecca Altman. And she's a herbalist and very magical person um, who lives in America in California and um she makes really amazing potions um and she makes medicine that tastes good and feels good and (laughs) that that was quite radical for me at the time because I was like you know just making medicines and they all just tasted like medicine and um it was really (laughs) fun the idea of making it taste good um, and using things like sugar or honey, um, to, yeah, just make it more enjoyable. And that's definitely, um, infused into my approach with herbs. I was talking to someone the other day that I feel like there's really important medicine in enjoyment itself. And so if the medicine, you know, not always, but if, the medicine can be enjoyable, then why not? Um, 
yeah so anyway but um yeah I really loved Rebecca's perspective and I started following her newsletter and she was writing these amazing um articles about plants and their personalities and they were just rich and detailed and I was just so blown away um at like where she got this information from which I knew she was getting from her relationship with the plants but it just I couldn't um I couldn't quite fathom how she got to that point and so for many years I daydreamed traveling back to the states and doing an apprenticeship with Rebecca not that as far as I know she was offering apprenticeships but that was my daydream um and then (laughs) at some point uh she decided to offer an online course um which was supposedly going to be uh seasonal herbalism but it turned out to be more just uh I don't even know how to describe it um I guess it's called the wonder sessions and I was in the first group who went through and it was going to be I think it was going to be 12 months and it turned out to be three years long in (laughs) magic like uh connecting with the elements with ourselves first and with the elements and moving through the world as our as a larger self and in reciprocity with the world but not in a kind of thinky brainy way or a theoretical way in like actually just an embodied real way and um dismantling the education um paradigm really was a big part of it of the idea of having to tick the boxes or move at a certain pace or keep up with everyone or pass the tests um a big part of working with Rebecca was about finding our own pace and our own rhythm and following our own curiosity um and there was there was work with plants specifically as well but I think what it offered was a much larger foundation um, towards a holistic herbal practice of um, which could be working with plants, but I think it's really just working with life and other living beings um, beyond ourselves, but also within ourselves. Um, Yeah. So Rebecca has been a big influence in my herbal practice. Um, I would say, so recently I, last year I did the online Lindera program with Jim McDonald, um, who's another American herbalist. And that was really amazing. I, for a few years, listened again and again and again to his, um, it, this is also on Herb Mentor. Um, he's got a online recording of his foundational herb craft um, writing. Uh, I'm not sure what to call it, but it's sort of a framework um, for understanding and approaching herbalism, um, which is based on other people's work as well. But I really enjoy the way that Jim puts it into a really accessible language and it's um, really about using our physical senses to understand herbal medicine 
as a starting point, which uh, I love so much because it makes it accessible to everyone. Um, yeah, so he's been a big teacher for me and I also love the way he teaches. One of the things that attracts me to teachers is their style. Um, and it's not necessarily that I want to learn what they're teaching, although I do, but I also just want to find out how they teach because I think I can see that they're making really beautiful um, connective spaces in the world, whether that's their intention or not. Um, and that kind of goes back to that cultural repair piece that really draws me in. Um, so Jim, Rebecca, I mentioned Kiva Rose before. I love her work and her writings. And I feel like I'm missing someone. There's been so many people, but the other person who is not directly herbal related but was a key, key piece in my herbal journey was working with Claire Dunn of um, Nature's Apprentice. Mm. And it was sort of as I was coming out of the university studies and just sort of coming to accept that that maybe wasn't the path for me. And I got drawn into a course that she was offering actually with Taj Sakluna, the Permapixie, and they together they were offering a 12-month course in nature connection and ceremony and herbalism um but it was doing the nature connection pro uh processes of like um making fire by friction and you know starting to learn the language of birds and basket weaving and just really getting close to the earth and building that relationship with the land um like I just, I couldn't explain it at the time, but I knew that that was the piece that had been missing for me from being at university, which was so theoretical. And it was working with Claire that kind of dropped the magic in to my body and opened me up to that possibility of, um, I guess, working in what felt like a more practical way with plants and with life. Um yeah so I think that covers the big ones yeah beautiful thank you for sharing it's such a, a such a rich journey I really loved <laughs> going on that with you getting a bit of an insight and um yeah there's so much in that like the you're talking about John Gallagher um yeah, him and, and his family in America have been have been amazing uh, influence in our household. You know, with uh, mm. his wife Kim has made the uh, herb herb fairies series, mm -hmm. the children's book series, um, which my daughter and I have read, you know, over and over together, and mm. it's been such a beautiful way of bringing herbs into her world in a more relevant way for her. Uh, you know, bring in that mystical, that that fairy realm storytelling way of connecting with the herbs. And um, we've also got their uh, board game that they made, <laughs> Wild, mm -hmm. Wildcraft. Yeah, Wildcraft. Yeah. And we love playing that because it's a cooperative game and working together with the herbs for, for the good of all rather than competitive games. And 
yeah and we learn we learn a lot together just doing doing those games as well so um yeah and I love their magazines and the herb mentor radio radio like you mentioned so mm. yeah that's great um yeah. and you talked as well about the Lindera program with Jim McDonald so what did does he offer that online as well because I know he offers that face-to-face yeah did, so he just started offering yeah um during I think it was during lockdowns COVID he started offering that online and beautiful um it's yeah and it's really it's it's a huge amount of material um in recorded form and then monthly live zoom calls which I don't know go for something like four or five hours I don't know how how I could teach for that long straight and um with so much energy but (laughs) online but it's um yeah it I really loved it um and it was something that I'd wanted Mm -hmm. also looked at traveling to do in person for a long time and so I was really grateful when it came online Mm. Great. Just for our listeners out there that might be madly scrabbling for a pen right now to try to write down all of these names, <laughs> I'll put links in the show notes for all of this as well um, that we're talking about, just so you know, out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's amazing as well, that um, influence you're talking about with Claire Dunn and Taj uh I've um, heard a lot about Claire Dunn and her book, um, My Year Without Matches, mm-hmm. and it sounds like she's a really inspirational teacher, really facilitating um, kind of nature connection in a way through um, through like depending on nature and being in nature as a part of nature. Yeah, I really, I, mm-hmm. I would love to attend one of her um, face-to-face teachings sometimes. That That's really beautiful. You got that opportunity with her and with Taj too. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was really mm. special. Um, and and it was actually with Claire that, because I then went on to do other work with her and supported her on other programs um, mm. for a few years. And I think that in terms of teaching, my teaching, I learned a lot from Claire. Like she was probably my first mentor in facilitation um, and holding space. So I owe a lot. Of uh-huh. gratitude to her I hold a lot of gratitude for her so hmm. so was that kind of like your segue into what led into being a herbal medicine teacher was through those um working with Claire Dunn yeah I suppose you could say that um uh yes because Claire was the first person who said so when are you going to start teaching Rosie um (laughs) and I kind of went oh well uh (laughs) I'm not ready yet um which I know is a common feeling for many people um (laughs) so yeah her uh her nudges definitely um encouraged me to get out there and start offering some workshops Mm. um beautiful and and so what I mean what was that journey like for you like um you know becoming a a a teacher and and bringing her bringing herbal medicine to the people what's that journey been like for you uh 
it's been slow and lots of uh, mm. trial and error. And I think the error mostly being in um, over, like putting too much in and wanting to give so much. And I think that coming from a place of feeling like I'm not enough. And so a feeling like I don't have enough to offer. Yeah. And so I'm going to make sure that their plates are so full. Yeah, I can really, really <laughs> relate to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it the journey I can see now has really been um, learning to, you know, just slowly stripping things back um, and learning to trust what I know and actually realizing that keeping things really simple makes it more in a way makes the experience fuller for a lot of people because if you can give someone just like one thing that they can really take the time to savor and take into their body and their experience that's going to it might not stay in their mind but it's gonna the experience lasts in their body compared to when I first started out and I'd be like, there's this and this herb and this herb and this herb and this herb. And it was like everyone had to try and remember all of that in their head. Um, but it could be a bit overwhelming. It was overwhelming for me as well. And I mostly just dissociated during while teaching in those first um, couple of years, I'd say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, wow, it's uh, it's so interesting. It's like so much of that is like listening to myself. The you know mm. what you're saying just reminds me of what what I often have to tell myself before workshops is to to not let myself get in the way <laughs> and to not it's mm. not about me. It's not about me being the teacher. It's about the you know the people are coming to learn something. Often they're coming to learn from the plants. Uh, whether or not they mm. they frame it like that or realize that, but it's just more like I'm an intermediary that's just assisting the you know the information or the experience to happen and 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 it's not about me just to remove my ego. So it's not about me doing it wrong yeah. or right or good or bad or being having to you know be better or live up to expectations. It's just trying to help to hold space for people to access the experience they're needing and the the, the learning that they're needing so yeah and everything mm. you just said just really <clears throat> sounds like a lot of what's what's gone through my own head and in yeah getting myself out of the way <laughs> with workshops yeah yeah and also yeah. for those of us who have been studying and working with plants for a long time I think it's really easy to take our knowledge for granted yeah. and assume that it's common knowledge and it's really really not <laughs> and so no. like the most simplest things to us which could be like um you know having a cup of thyme tea if you've got like a lung infection or something like a chesty cough or something like that um like that could be life-changing for someone um just to realize something so simple as that but um yeah it's I think it's really helpful to remember that the basics like just starting with the basics and often that's enough for people to get started and they don't necessarily yep. want to be 
well, they're not going to get to being get to be like having the knowledge of having studied herbalism for ten years from doing a one day workshop. It's just starting with the simple things first. And um, mm. a question that has come up in my workshops again and again, which I love so much because it always reminds me of that, is people will ask me, "What actually is like? What do you mean by a herb?" And, I, and it just brings me back. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, it's not obvious because people think of a herb and they might think of parsley or rosemary or something like that. But in herbalism, we use it in a much more open sense. And, um, yeah, I really just like the simplicity of that question. Mm. Yeah, I, I love as well, I love how much, uh, how passionate you are about facilitating spaces for people to connect with plants as well and for people to gain a more like embodied personal relationship with the plants because so many mm. of the people that come to my workshops are seeking that and even though I can I can find that for myself and and, and am on a continuing journey of, of finding that for myself but it's harder to... I haven't quite learned those those tools yet to really help other people to to have that connection so it's something I've been inspired by at a distance of 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 that kind of work that you're doing and in getting people and and you know and doing that kind of space does require the slower more simple way because if we're coming at it from a more academic university like headspace perspective we're just going to try to like cram all this information into people's heads and hope they remember it and you know have all these like deadlines and time frames and information and structure whereas like to actually be able to have the true like embodied connection with the plants and to for people to be able to connect with their own personal intuition and their own and listen to their own bodies and to be able to listen to the plants it's like that actually requires a much more slower pace and a more simplistic way of doing it so mm. yeah I think that um yeah the way that the way that you're doing it is is really quite inspirational for me yeah it's definitely something that I love and the beautiful thing about it as a I guess a teacher facilitator I think teach I think I'm getting more comfortable with the term teacher um <laughs> is that it takes the pressure off I'm like okay you guys go sit with the plant for half an hour and I'll just sit here and eat some chocolate <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um and but it's but it's so powerful and people come back with their own personal stories of experience with that plant and like that's not something that you can get from a book because mm -hmm. it's personal and it's intimate and um but it is slow and it requires trust um that it's enough like it's enough to hold a kind of workshop space where you don't really do much and it, a lot of it is really just sitting with a plant or um, you know I like doing lots of blindfold activities with plants as well for people to kind of take away that sense of sight but so they can tune into their other senses and um, connect with the plants in those ways and and it's just amazing the wisdom that comes through from those relationships that form with people hmm. um yeah and it's there and they're the kind that's the kind of learning which will stay with a person for their whole life 
whether yeah, they, whether it's conscious or not, but it'll come back, you know, at the drop of a hat, um, which is sort of the reflections that I get from people, um, you know, long after the, the workshop. They'll be like, you know, they'll suddenly remember that they can connect with the plant um, for help and not even necessarily in a physical medicinal way, but just tuning in with the plant and receiving support mm-hmm. from that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's a definite thing. Mm-hmm. That's a definite thing that a lot of people don't even stop to consider is possible. Uh, you know, like I've, 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 I've summoned the, the energy of a plant to direct it into healing someone before and then observed and watched that, that take place, you know, just like calling, mm. calling that spirit in, you know, not even needing the physical plant because just, yeah, calling in the essence and the spirit of that to come and do the work and, um, yeah, yeah. And watch that happen. And so many people don't even realize that's possible because <laughs> there's not many teachers yeah. out there that really teach that, that kind of, mm. you know, thing. Mm. our parents aren't really teaching it to us our primary schools and high schools aren't really teaching it to us I mean unless you happen to be one of the lucky few that got some parents that do teach you that (laughs) yeah yeah but you know and they didn't have anyone to teach it to them either and you know back how many generations yeah yeah Hmm. there was something that um a term that you mentioned earlier um cultural repair and um, mm-hmm. I was wondering if you uh, would felt, felt to speak a little bit about that, like what that is for you. Mm. I think mm, I got interested in the word culture around, uh, I would say at exactly the same time that I discovered herbalism. Um, I was living in a community um, while I was traveling, I was there for a couple of months, um, where they were really, you know, exploring the idea of cultural repair. They, well, they were exploring cultural rehabilitation, but, um, you know, just looking at the fact that the way that our Western culture was existing is, um, really unhealthy and not serving us to live enjoyable lives and causing harm in the process to the planet and to other beings around us. So I got, you know, and I got curious, like I didn't really feel clear about what culture was exactly. And when I asked people what they thought, they all said, oh, you know, culture, it's language and it's art and it's this and that. And I thought, yeah, but like how can that be broken or like that they're just things and for me, I kind of came to think that culture is, you know, I was thinking about fermentation processes and, you know, your yogurt cultures and things. And it's the thing which gets passed on from generation to generation um, to kind of to inspire the growth of the next generation. Um, and the things which we pass on in our Western culture at the moment are lots of fears and lots of disconnection and um really capitalism and things which don't foster health or happiness and so i guess that's important to me to start changing that 
and because I want life to continue. I, I would love for humans to continue on this planet and in a, in a beautiful way, if possible, to get back to that. Well, not necessarily back, but to move forwards to that. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so it's, I think there's, there's it's such a big topic, but um, for me, my herbal work is an element of that and especially bringing people into closer relationship with plants and with nature and with themselves and coming to that place of being able to trust um, trust themselves, trust their own senses and that knowing that they are enough because I think that fear that we're not enough and the fear that we don't belong or that we won't be accepted um, it really drives a lot of issues in our world. Um, so yeah, the, you know, the herbalism is one little gateway inviting people into listening and into that connection and, you know, into that place of like magic is real and it's possible to have these relationships with beings who aren't human and they're real relationships and they'll tell you things that are real um, that you can then go and look up in a book, but they all tell you without words um, and you'll know it in your body just from being close and listening to them. So, yeah, that's one piece. And another big part of the work that I do is around offering wilderness rites of passage um, as another gateway towards that cultural repair and bringing people into closer relationship with themselves and the land and spirit. Oh, that's really powerful. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that actually answered your question or not. But I don't even remember what my question um, was, but <laughs> <laughs> I was just right in there with your uh, with your sharing. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, well, it was around cultural mm. repair and um, mm. or cultural yeah. rehabilitation is also the other way yeah. that you put it. And um, yeah, and wilderness mm. rites of passage that sounds really powerful. And mm. yeah, love to love to know a little bit more about that offering if you feel to share. Uh, yes. Well, so there's two parts at the moment, and one is that I'm working with a um, community group. And we've been working together for a few years to sort of, uh, I guess, remember the offering or remember the holding of sacred rites of passage for um, young people stepping towards adulthood. And, um, and so that's just like a local community offering and it's amazing. And we just ran our first program earlier this year um, for young women and there's a um, there's sort of a, been a longer history of rites of passage for men in the area and anyway so that's emerging and evolving and really um, enriching it's just really exciting to see that that's happening and the possibility of um, teens stepping forward in, as initiated people towards adulthood 
because I think that's what so many of us yearned for when we were teenagers was Mm. for someone to hold us in ceremony and to see us and to see our power and our beauty. Um, So that's amazing. And then the other other part is that, um, yeah, on occasion (laughs) I offer – nature quest programs which um you know some people call them vision quests or um wilderness fasts or vision fasts or you know there's all these different names from different lineages and um that's the crux of that I guess is a four day four night um solo like solo time out in the bush fasting and it's a ceremony which um, just invites people to step into deep listening um, between themselves and the universe really the world around them Mm. Mm. powerful I've um I've had the opportunity to be in the support camp for a traditional Lakota uh, vision quest um, with uh, the mm. the questers going up on the hill for four days and four nights without food or water. Uh, it's a very powerful, um, initiatory, uh, strengthening, um, connecting experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really beautiful. <clears throat> and you know what you're saying around, um, you know, the lack of the lack of rites of passage in our culture. It's like it's so it's so true in this modern modern time that we're in it's very confusing time to be a a teenager and um not sure if you've read sand talk by tyson yanka porter uh but he he talks about uh the that in like the western culture that we can't really drag out this teenage years (laughs) for way too long and that uh Mm. you know for for him um from where he's from where he's from with his people that it's a much shorter process and it's like you're a child you go through an initiatory process and then you're an adult there's not this like weird limbo Mm -hmm. thing of like oh I'm a teenager am I a child or am I an adult I don't know how do I move through the world like what even am I and it's it can be such a confusing time but you know if we were to really you know to to really like honor that time and give them a real tangible sense of like okay this is me coming of age like this is me now stepping into I'm not a child anymore and I'll you know hopefully always have the connection with the inner child and have that that you know youth vitality um but Mm. they're like coming into that that I'm 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 kind of coming in with a bit of a sense of self-respect and a um, pride, pride, if that's the right word, or a sense yeah. of dignity and like um, being yeah. a respectful thing rather than this kind of, oh, shame, my body is developing, people don't really want to talk about it, I don't know, like this change is happening and, you know, it can be just a really confusing time for, for both boys and girls becoming men and women and <clears throat> I think it's really beautiful that you're, you know, creating that space, um, you know, in your community to work with people to recreate that experience into what whatever feels relevant and right, right here and now, because, you know, we can try to pick up the threads of what our, <laughs> all of our different ancestors might have been doing, but it's, um, we kind of got to create something a bit new 
um, maybe weave in some of yeah. the old ways, but um, there's something kind of, I, th- I suppose, that's new that's got to come through now. So, yeah, I, I applaud you. Applaud you for doing that work. Mm, thank you. Yeah, it feels, I feel really lucky to um, live within a community of people who are really passionate about it. Um, you know, both to make it happen, but also to be participants, to, you know, willing Mm. to step through that. And, um, yeah, and it really is like it's sort of like a none of us know what it looks like. We didn't experience it for ourselves. So it's like we can sort of try and remember what, you know, kind of little threads there are within our bones kind of lingering from our ancestors Mm -hmm. and, um but also really listening to what's emerging for, as you say, for this moment and um, this present day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately because, you know, my daughter is just about to turn 11 in a week. <laughs> and But, you know, her friends all around her are well and truly <laughs> tweens. And, yeah, mm. she's really preparing for that. <clears throat> I'm really kind of starting to go into the chrysalis of that 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 phase and you know mm. I've got a, a friend Donna Raymond who wrote a really beautiful book called Maiden and it's all about guiding young um, girls into their womanhood with a sense of like sacredness and presence and I've I've actually bought that book so many times and never read it because I keep putting it straight into someone's hands and then going, hang on, <laughs> I need to get a co-. So I've just ordered a new copy a few days ago. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not giving it to anybody because I need yeah. to actually read this because I I definitely mm. can't do what whatever I've been role modeled. That's not what's going to happen. <laughs> mm. And um, yeah, I really love this idea of the, the wilderness aspect in it um, and bringing that in. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll have to come down to your community with my daughter and, um, (laughs) we'll bring bring you up here. Maybe we could bring you up here to help to help to show us some different ways of doing things so we can be exploring it a bit more as in our community, because it is still something that's not spoken about enough, I think, and not actioned enough. Mm. So, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it's a big topic in itself. It's such a massive topic. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would love to know, you know, you, you mentioned before that you can kind of go six months in between your bursts of inspiration um, for the, the next offering. And um, I know that right now there's some other things that are taking up your priorities, but I'm I'm wondering, like, what, what the future – suppose what the future might be holding for you but also like what mm. what you see what you see coming and like the world that you'd like to see in herbal medicine like mm. what's the next step for us in Australia you know you've mapped out this experience of being in America and being really um, inspired and then coming to Australia and feeling really isolated um, and alone in not having teachers around you um, that were like the kind of teachers mm-hmm. and the kind of herbalists that are happening in America but then you know, these teachers have been starting to emerge in Australia um, and, you know, there's been more inspirations coming. There's a change happening. There's definitely a change happening in the grassroots herbal education world in Australia. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's pretty exciting time, but like, what's the next step for you? And what do you think is also the next step for us, like as a country or as a, as a national community, like with herbal medicine, like what, <laughs> what's, what's coming or what would you like to see coming? It's <laughs> oh, a big question. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Check it out my crystal ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think uh, the next step, well, f- first of all, it's made me, brought me so much joy over maybe the last um, like four years, four or five years, seeing more and more grassroots herbalists and herbal educators sprouting up from the ground like um it's just made me so happy because I didn't have a lot of connection to people doing that sort of thing for so long and I felt this weight of obligation that I had to make it all possible and um so it's been every time I see someone else offering a workshop I'm like ah it's such a relief I don't have to do that now (laughs) um so that's really good um, and it means that I can focus on on fine tuning what it is that I I really genuinely want to offer myself mm. and what's true for me, and um, I think what is maybe and I have to say maybe to everything because I have so many ideas all the time and I probably act on one or two percent of them in real life but I like daydreaming. So um, I think um, I have a Patreon um, thing, project page um, that I was running at the start of the year. Um, And I started that when I had, I had an injury and I wasn't able to work, but I felt like making a monthly medicine, like just one, I just, I just do one, herbal medicine each month and I'll send that out to people with a bit of a writing about that plant um and that felt easy for me and I was doing that and I really enjoyed that um and I think that might be it's on hold at the moment but I might bring that back in spring I put it on pause because it started feeling I started feeling the pressure and the obligation it was starting to feel stressful and I'm just using that as a gauge at the moment to that maybe that's not where my energy needs to be or I'm not doing it in a way that is good for me. So, um, yeah, so the Patreon might be coming back, um, which I really enjoy as a way of, um, yeah, I guess introducing people to a plant and most of my uh patreon supporters at the moment live in my area so they're often plants which are growing around us at that time when i send them out um so it's just nice it's just another way to invite those connections with people and i like to also include like the recipe of whatever i've sent out so it's not just like a i've made this thing and you have to come back to me if you want more like they can go and make it themselves and um yeah foster their own connections with those plants um and it's also a good motivation for me to do a bit more writing because I do love writing but I don't often do it under my own steam Mm. um so that's sort of in the maybe basket 
and other things are um well at the moment I'm I'm just starting working uh, I mentioned this to you earlier but working with two of um two friends who I'm doing a work trade with and part of that is they're helping me out with some stuff at home and in return for some herbal training and I have a feeling it's going to evolve into something that I might offer to other people or something down the track and I keep I keep saying that I just want it to be easy and so it's it's the same thing it's kind of working with plants and I've suggested that they each you know choose a plant who they're feeling drawn to at the moment and we'll work with that one plant um, or they can work with that one plant over a time and you know just taking time to first build a relationship with the plant before even thinking about harvesting or what can I use this plant for or how can I take advantage of this plant because often that's the mindset we go in with is like what can this plant do for me rather than just admiring the beauty of their being um so that's nothing uh said in, that's like that's not really a thing that I'm offering but it's just sort of it feels like there's something being dreamt up there um but I have offered a course like that in the past. It was it turned out to be like a six-month course working with just one plant. We did uh, about six months with rose, wild rose. Mm. And it was really, really uh, beautiful to just give all of that time and devotion to one plant. Um, so that might happen again one day. Um yeah, but what I'd like to see for the future, I don't, I don't know if I can speak on such a large scale, but oh, maybe I can. Mm. I can. What I would, I would like, I would. What brings me the most joy is when I'm speaking to a friend or a family member, and they realize, like, they've realized that they can use a herb in a certain way for themselves. It's like it's that empowering thing, and. Um, you know, they realize that they can, yeah, just use a herb that's growing in the garden or they have in their pantry to make themselves a cup of tea to feel better or to make a tincture or whatever. And I think that's what I want to see more of is just herbalism coming back into common sense and common knowledge as a foundational thing. And not that everyone will be an expert, but just basic day-to-day home remedies and um, healthcare will be you know, for that to be normal, normalised and um, not like a weird thing to do or or not like a mystical, magical thing. Like it is mystical and magical, but you don't have to spend $100 to go and see a naturopath to get some rosemary tea for, you know, your stuffy sinuses. Um, I don't know if that's a thing, but it seems like to go and see a professional herbalist is really expensive, um, Mm. which is why I never do that. Um, So, yeah, I'd just like, that's what I'd like to see. I'd like it to be more common. I'd like more people growing, or more people growing herbs, medicinal herbs as well in Australia because there's so many herbs that are imported, like really common things that could grow really well here. Um, So more herb farms, 
but we need to have more demand for herbs first mm-hmm. to make that viable. Um, and uh, just diversity, I think, just the just diversity of different people doing herbalism in different ways and that being celebrated and supported between us all. Mm. Um, yeah. And with that accessibility so that when people need to go and see a herbalist who's a professional beyond just the day-to-day home herbalism kind of thing, they're able to go and find someone who can help them. Mm. Beautifully put. Mm. Yeah. And for me personally, one day I'll live at the edge of the forest and have my herb garden and I'll have my people come and we do herbalism together and there'll be other things happening off on the land somewhere else and there'll be people out doing wilderness rites of passage in the forest and um, it will just be, you know, all happening at the same time in some weird symphony of life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. So mote it be. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, we're speaking these things into being and, you know, like you saying all of that, it's like it's happening and it's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, and then all the thousands of people that, hear this will you know just their 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 collective focus is also helping to manifest this into being Mm. and um so thank you for doing that (laughs) yeah that that dreaming around uh home herbalism or the the normalization and the you know the common sense of herbalism is just such a reflection of my my own dreaming as well was speaking with mm. uh, Lily the other day and <clears throat> she's in Thailand and she was talking about how she was walking around and trying to find a herbalist and she's asking in, you know, in Thai language how to find a herbalist and everyone's going, no, 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 no herbalist, no herbalist until she got to somebody who could explain to her that, no, we don't have herbalists because we're all like grow and wild harvest. We all have access to herbal medicine around us that Mm. we know how to use for our health and if there's something that's really serious we go to a doctor or like a hospital or something like that for you know for like full-on things but for day-to-day health like we're we're all practice herbs and um and it's kind of like as a culture they just are living well it's it's beyond home herbalism it kind of goes into folk herbalism it's just like an unbroken line of of a culture that that's just their way of life and it's something that we as a you know coming coming in from a fragmented kind of we're all coming from different places you know we're all kind of not on our ancestral lands here and um you know it's it's a journey just to start to recreate that space where we can connect with the medicine growing around us and start to get empowered and start to re-remember and teach one another and start to normalize this and um yeah I get astounded at the amount of people that come to my workshops like doctors and nurses and local police officers want to come along as well they haven't come yet but like all of you know the the people in society that aren't fringe dwellers at all they're just like everyday um dare I say mainstream without wanting to kind of box things in but like just they're not you know the just everyday people that are wanting to become more self-sufficient and just learn empowering knowledge 
and how to how to bring that to their families and to themselves and so yeah I mean I can see it awakening around me in my community and and I can see it in other people other grassroots herbal educators communities it kind of them helping to facilitate or teach or you know hold space for people to reconnect Mm. with that and it's pretty exciting um yeah so I feel like what everything you just said is what's happening it's just we're not necessarily Mm. there yet completely as a culture (laughs) it's got a a journey to go but we're 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 on our way and um it's a really beautiful picture to to think that you know in however many years to come that someone might come here to ask for a herbalist then we might say something much the same thing you know you only need to go to a you know, like a, a academically trained herbalist, naturopath, or a doctor when it's something extreme um, or complex, you know, but for everyday ailments, mm. it's just common common knowledge. We know what to do. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Creating yeah. that world together. It's beautiful to be moving towards that. Yeah. Well, I think we probably need to start wrapping up. Um, which I feel like I could just keep yarning with you all day. It's really nice to speak with you. And I feel like there's a lot, there's been a lot in this for the listeners out there um, that have been here on the journey with us. And um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for coming on and sharing your journey and your experience and, um, and also your, you know, beautiful visions for the future. And um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you have anything that you feel you might like to share with with the listeners um, any kind of parting message I was just silently laughing thinking about um all of my long-winded ramblings that everyone gets to enjoy mm-hmm. um but there is uh yes one thing came to my mind um to which I think I don't know it just popped up really strongly which was has actually been a really big part of my herbal journey which was that I think when I first started exploring herbalism in Australia, I was really looking for knowledge about um, medicines with indigenous plants and the plants mm. growing in the native forest around me and um, and getting, you know, and honestly I was getting frustrated that I couldn't find that knowledge written in books. Um because I had these romantic ideas of like going out wandering in the forest with my basket and, you know, picking the plants. (laughs) And a big part of my journey was coming to realize that the plants, which I actually have innately better access to in a sense of um, embodied knowledge and embodied connection are plants, which have also been, introduced to this land as I have been Mm. and um, Mm -hmm. hearing years ago I heard a Scottish herbalist um, telling these old stories about um, Comfrey and St John's Wort and sort of how they got their medicine and came into being and you know she'd start telling the story and just even just a few sentences in and I was in tears and it was totally unexpected but it was just like there was this some deep part of me that was remembering something which had been missing and from then I decided to that the foundation of my practice would be in working with the plants that 
um, you know, often, often are invasive around here, like hawthorn and plantain and um, the wild rose and blackberries and um, but that have been introduced um, as as I have and my people have been introduced to this land and that, you know, reconnecting those or re retwining those threads of connection with the plants from my ancestral lineage would be the place to begin. And once I feel connected and whole along those channels, then I might be in a place of integrity to be able to meet with the plants of this land and understand their medicine or not. But I'm not going out there with a sense of I need you to tell me or I need you to give me your medicine or to teach me this and like wanting to take more from this land um, and this place and from the people who have these ancient relationships with the plants and the land here um, and who hold the, the wisdom of their medicine in their culture. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure if that's a whole thought but um <laughs> I don't know it's something that people come to me often like they want to learn about native plant medicines and my response is always like I don't really know and I don't really feel like the person to teach that um anyway not at this point maybe not ever Oh, wow. It's like you just reached into my head and my heart and plucked out my words. Like I just, yeah, <laughs> everything you just said is exactly how I feel and where I'm coming mm. from with it all too. That And that journey of that frustration and then coming to realize that those introduced plants, um, introduced like us, the, the medicine of our own ancestors is a great way for us to find, reconnect with our own selves and our own lineages and just having that more slower, patient way to connect with the native medicine when when that medicine's ready, instead of demanding that mm. and and coming here being like, "Give me your medicine. I want. I need to know." It's like I feel like this country, the part of the healing, the cultural rehabilitation of like this land is like us not just demanding to be given anything, knowledge or connection. It's just like actually being patient and waiting to see if that that is actually going to come naturally mm. and in the meantime we can yeah. rebridge our our connect our ancestral connections by connecting with the plantain and the wild rose and the hawthorn and that or whatever you know whatever plants have come from wherever you're from like where I, where I am up here yeah. in the tropics you know we get the plantain but we also we get a lot of ayurvedic and and uh traditional you know chinese herbs up here in the tropics mm. and I could just imagine that people could come here from pretty well all over the world and, and find some wild, wild weeds growing that can help them to be connected to their homelands. And yeah. yeah. So yeah. Thank you for bringing that piece into this too. Cause yeah, I feel like that, that will ring true for a lot of the people listening as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, mm. Rosie. This has been a really nice chat with you today. And, it's um, been great. I'm so glad that it finally happened. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was meant to be right now. It couldn't have happened in any other moment. <laughs> I don't think it could. I think yeah. for me, at least, the timing was perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for um, for this conversation. 
wonderful to speak with you, but also for uh, this podcast and for giving a space for so many different people's um, voices and dreams and experiences to be shared with everyone. Mm. Yeah. It's another one of those things where I was like, great, I don't have to do that now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got this. We're all ticking the boxes together. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Beautiful. Mm. Thank you, Rosie. Thanks. Have a beautiful evening. You too. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to the Herbal Education segment of the Elder Tree podcast. Stay tuned every new moon as I interview amazing and inspiring herbal educators from around Australia. To find out more about the Elder Tree, you can go to our website, which is theeldertree.org. And through our website, you can subscribe to our mailing list. You can also follow our journey on Instagram and on Facebook. Thank you again so much and have a most wonderful day.